listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to Special Reports on Legal Talk Network. My name is Lawrence Coletti. I'm the host for today's show, which is being recorded at ABA Tech Show in Chicago, Illinois, at the historic Hilton Hotel on Michigan Avenue. Joining me today, I have a co-host, Victor Lee. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Excellent, excellent. And uh, we also have a very, very esteemed guest. We have Mr. Andrew Perlman joining us today. Thanks for having me, Lawrence and Victor. I appreciate being here. Now, Andrew, and you told me to call you Andy, so I'll call you Andy. Andy, uh, for the benefit of our uh, listening audience here, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, where you work, what you do? Oh, boy, this could take a long time if you want that kind of background. But I'm a professor at Suffolk University Law School, where I teach civil procedure and professional responsibility. But uh, perhaps most relevantly, I direct our Institute on Law Practice Technology and Innovation uh, and previously served as the chief reporter for the ABA's Commission on Ethics 2020 and currently serve as the vice chair of the ABA Commission on the Future of Legal Services. Excellent. Now, you're co-presenting here at ABA Tech Show the plenary session with Mr. Uh, Casey Flaherty. Yes, I am. Okay. So now, what is this plenary session all about? So the basic concept of the plenary session is to think about how the lawyer's ethical duty of competence is evolving. Uh, and how it's different in the 21st century relative to what it was just a couple of decades ago. Casey's going to be talking a lot about the legal tech audit because I think that's an area of competence that lawyers really need to have. And I'm going to give a a slightly different take on it and talk about a number of other areas of competence that lawyers need uh, today that they didn't need when I graduated from law school around 20 years ago. So um, I guess... Talking a little bit about the legal tech audit, how is that an ethical issue, like in, in, in your views, like for lawyers that need to have certain competencies, especially with regards to uh, Word, Excel, and um, Adobe Acrobat? Yeah, I think the ethics issue comes up at least in two ways. Number one is just on basic competence. Uh, so there was a recent change to comment eight of rule 1.1 of the model rules of professional conduct, which has been adopted in uh, 14 jurisdictions at this point, which emphasizes that lawyers have to not only be competent with regard to the law generally, but also with regard to relevant law practice technology, including the benefits and risks from its use. And it seems to me that a lawyer today cannot simply stick his or her head in the sand with regard to very basic technology like Microsoft Word and not know how to use it effectively and competently. So I think that's one aspect of it. And I also think that as lawyers, we owe our clients an ethical duty to bill them a reasonable fee. That's in Rule 1.5 of the Rules of Professional Conduct. And I don't think it's reasonable to be billing out clients for spending time on basic technology tasks that could be performed much more efficiently if you simply took the time to learn how to use it. So I think this really is an ethical issue. Yeah, I know since the time that I graduated law school, which is a few years ago now in building, uh, you know, I've, I've found it in my professional life more difficult to keep up with technological innovations. And, you know, I'm still a pretty young attorney, but still, you know, you're not exposed to that environment like you are in college and in law school. And so, you know, with technology, it seems always increasing. It seems like the development speed is increasing and you have to be aware of so much more. And it's just, I think it's very difficult, especially for a seasoned attorney that's been out a long time to keep up. So I guess as, as part of this session, are you guys making recommendations on how to keep up as an attorney with these new technologies? Um, I wasn't going to talk about it, at least in terms of my portion of the program, but I do think there are lots of ways that lawyers can keep up. Uh, if you're in a larger firm, you have a variety of trainers who are available to you to help 
teach you what you need to know in your specific practice area. But if you're in a smaller firm, there are CLE opportunities. There are all sorts of ways that you can learn how to do this stuff. It's not all that complicated if you just took the extra time to learn it. You might say, well, lawyers are really busy today. They don't want to take the extra time. But you end up saving more time in the long run if you know how to use the basic technology that you encounter. And nobody's expecting you to know everything, right? That's just not reasonable. But to learn how to use the stuff that you use every day and use it effectively, that seems like a baseline. And I think that's a baseline that just about every lawyer can meet, no matter how seasoned, no matter how many years out of law school you've been. I think that's very doable. Uh, I actually attended a session this morning about law firm efficiency and how, and they actually mentioned your uh, the, uh, the, the audit as a good way to kind of determine everybody's baseline, you know, where where people stand with regards to very basic uh, technology skills and whatnot. One thing that uh, I think Britt Lorish mentioned, a big obstacle is, you know, you have your younger attorneys now who think, okay, well, I've been using Word my whole life. I've been using Excel my whole life. You know, I, I've been using PDFs and everything like that. What's, like, like, how would you convince them to, if not take the audit, talk about how they could even learn more skills from from these softwares that maybe they wouldn't be aware, have been aware of? It's a good question. And I can tell you, I've used this kind of software all of my professional career too. But I learned a lot from having taken the audit. I think there are always new tricks, new ways of doing things that can make you more efficient. So I don't care if somebody's been using Word their whole life. I think they will learn something from to take the audit. Um, so there's this myth out there, and I don't know if Casey already talked with you about it, the myth of the digital native, right? That people think that they've been using technology their whole life and that they know everything there is to know about it. But Lawrence, as you said earlier, it's a lifelong learning exercise. And I think that's true for Microsoft Word. It's true for just about everything else in the law. And so the Legal Tech Audit is really designed to help people, no matter their level of experience, make sure that they are doing things as efficiently as they possibly can. I'm a big one for takeaways, and so we're at AVA Tech Show, and it's a marvelous event to get takeaways to bring home to your practice. And so, you know, you guys have this this uh, technology audit. It's legal technology audit. Am I referring to it correctly? Yes, okay. correct. So LTA for short, as uh, Casey was telling us yesterday. But uh, I guess what, like in today's world, what areas specifically, is it Word, is it Excel? Where are lawyers typically the most efficient from your observations of, of using the legal technology audit? You know, there are two answers to that question if you want takeaways. One is regarding the LTA specifically, and then what is it more generally in terms of technological deficiencies that lawyers have? And okay. they're not necessarily the same question. Um, so in terms of technological deficiency, I would say uh, word processing is definitely a big area. Now, this used to be something that you could just delegate to somebody else. But law firms are becoming leaner, and lawyers are expected to do more and more on their own. Um, and so I think word processing is definitely a big part of it. You know, Excel, to some extent, and that depends on your practice area. Some, uh, some lawyers use spreadsheets all the time. Um, some hardly use it at all. So I would say probably Word is the big one. Um, Acrobat also, or at least manipulating PDFs, not necessarily using Acrobat. Um, so I think that's it for re with regard to the LTA as currently constructed. But I would say that there are other areas that are increasingly important 
uh, that lawyers need to have their eye on and that we've actually given some thought to incorporating in the LTA in some form or another. The big one for me is cybersecurity. Uh, you know, it used to be not so long ago that you could protect your client's information by putting it in a, a file cabinet and locking it and putting it behind a locked office door. Those days are gone, right? And so if we're thinking about an evolving ethical duty of competence, that's a big one that lawyers really need to understand. So um, I would say big takeaways in terms of kind of basic technology, Microsoft Word for sure, uh, Excel, uh, PDFs, secondary, cybersecurity is another big one. And what I'll talk about in my presentation during the plenary, I think there are other areas of ethical competence, um, uh, ethical, uh, ethical duties with regard to digital marketing, uh, social media, and a variety of ethics issues that arise there, social media investigations, and how to do that ethically and appropriately, because there's a ton of information out there. Uh, E-discovery, I think, is something that's incredibly important no matter what practice area you're in, whether you're in litigation or otherwise. So, um, uh, and then what I'll also talk about during my presentation is new law. All of these new tools that are available that go well beyond the small ball stuff like Microsoft Word. I'm talking about automated document assembly and expert system tools. There's so many new opportunities out there. If lawyers become competent at using them, they can really compete more effectively. So I know that was supposed to be a short takeaway and I went on for a while there, Lawrence, but I, I'm passionate about this stuff. That was really good stuff. Well, I guess like, 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 what, like what Lawrence was saying, that it's so difficult for lawyers you know, of, of any age to keep up with this stuff, especially with trends and technology and whatnot. Are there any kind of sources or any kind of like websites or people that you rely on to kind of keep you abreast of trends and technology? Oh, that's a great question. There are so many that it's hard to pick just one or two. You know, the uh, the ABA Journal oftentimes has great stuff. And we, I, uh, we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, Thank I'm you. sure you do, Victor. Uh, you know, you're sitting right here. How can I not point that out? Um, uh, and it's not just the ABA Journal, the Legal Technology Resource Center at the ABA. Bob Ambrosi's uh, blog is fabulous. I, I read everything that he writes. Thank you for um, plugging Bob. He's a host of ours. He's well, our Lord to Lord host. Thank go. you. It's, it's perfect. I wasn't even <laughs> thinking along these lines. It was natural. Um, so, uh, you know, I have such a... a, a both my Twitter stream and my, you know, what I follow in terms of blogs, there's so much information that comes my way, I sometimes lose track of where it's coming from. Those are the ones that come immediately to mind anyway. Well, we're running short on time for today's episode uh, remaining, but I wanted to uh, see if I get the listeners in touch with you. If they want to take this legal technology audit, yeah. talk to you or talk to Casey about their proficiencies in the technology world that is becoming part of law, uh, how can they reach out to you? So check out the website, www.legaltechaudit.com. Um, and they also can reach out to me at Andrew Perlman. Uh, if you just uh, Google my name, you'll find uh, find me. You can also just do andrewperlman.com, and it links to my, uh, my homepage where all of my contact information is available. So happy to answer any questions that people might have about it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. This has been another edition of Special Reports. Until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.